the In Conversation podcast series with author Nigel Beckles. Welcome to the podcast. Get ready for takeoff. Welcome back to another episode of the In Conversation podcast series. My guest today is veteran DJ, radio presenter and author Lindsay Wesker. Hi Lindsay, how are you doing? I am well, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Not doing too bad at all. What have you been up to during the lockdown? During the lockdown, well, I've, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've got a job that I can do from home. Uh, I, I'm working uh, as a teacher at a, at, at a place called the Point Blank Music School. And we're able to do the lessons online via Zoom, which is something I've just discovered. It's quite amazing. Speaking to other students, uh, other colleges on Skype. So, yeah, I've been spending quite a bit of time looking at looking at my laptop screen and talking to people well, that sounds interesting so what do you at this school what do you actually teach well what they've asked me to teach at point blank is they've asked me to teach a course called music industry and it's kind of it's kind of a, a bit of absolutely everything because they looked at my cv and they said well you've done a bit of absolutely everything so why don't you teach this music industry course and it, it teaches the students you know, I mean, they already know about music. They love music, and a lot of them know how to make music, but they don't understand how the industry is work, uh, how the industry works. So I talk to them about record companies, uh, music publishing companies, to them about the live industry, talk to them about artist management, and I and I introduce them to a concept uh, known as synchronization, which a lot of them don't really know. But uh, synchronization is, um, you know, where people put music hopefully your music into uh, TV shows films adverts computer games and it's a massive industry okay well that sounds very interesting so in your formative years where did you grow up um, I I grew up in Highgate uh, London N6 uh, I went to a school called Highgate Wood secondary modern comprehensive down in Crouch End and uh, my my kind of stomping ground was Highgate, Crouch End, Muswell Hill, those kind of areas. And what were your favourite subjects? My favourite subject at school was was probably sociology. Um, I'd never, I'd never really thought about sort of the society that we live in, and and the sociology teacher really kind of blew my mind. He sort of explained to me how things worked, you know, sort of economy and and politics and people living together in a society and it was, it was fascinating so was that your favorite subject uh, yeah I, absolutely i mean I, I, i've sort of taken taken that into my adult life and i've, I've still got a, a fascination with people and that and that's and that's kind of what my writing is you know my that's my, my fascination with people so during your life journey was there a particular life experience you believe changed you as a person a particular life experience that changed me as a person. I mean, I suppose, I suppose when I was young, you know, my father was a writer, and probably the first toy that I ever really cherished was a was a typewriter. And so I'd be kind of banging away, just creating reams and reams of words up in my bedroom. And you know, my mates would come to the door and they'd go, you know, does Lindsay want to come to the park? Does he want to ride bikes or whatever? And I'd be like you know what, I'd, I'd rather stay at home and just write. And I suppose it was kind of the realisation of, of what I was at a very early age. I mean, I actually didn't want to, you know, be a kid. <laughs> I just wanted to write. So how did you become 
interested in music, in particular black music? Well, I mean, my every penny was spent on, on records, all of my pocket money, all of my birthday money and Christmas money. I mean, my parents used to buy me records as presents. And, you know, that was just what I spent my money on. My my parents had a had a, a really good selection of records. My my dad was into uh, you know things like things like Joni Mitchell and James Taylor and the band and you know that kind of country rock, Judy Collins and stuff like that. And my mum, on the other hand, was was really interested in in Dionne Warwick, Nina Simone. She loved Bessie Smith. She loved Sarah Vaughan, Mahalia Jackson. And it's, it's really weird. I mean, I'm not quite sure why a farmer's daughter from Norfolk should have such a passion for black music. But, they, you know, that was that was what my mum liked. That's what she listened to. So when did you become a DJ? When did you make that decision? I mean, I was always kind of the DJ at the family parties. And I really, I really love the idea of making people dance and making people happy. I mean, that that's still a really important thing for me. And, and so... The DJ thing, it wasn't, you know, so much, you know, an ego thing. It, it's, it's not that it, look at me, I'm, I'm a DJ. It was kind of, I just like making people happy and making people dance. And, and I, I still get the same feeling when I do my radio show as well. You know, people contact me during my radio show and they're just really excited and happy. And that's, that's, that, that for me is the buzz. Well, you've been a radio presenter for a good many years now. So how did you become involved with your first radio station? Um, well, I was working at Black Echoes as a journalist uh, and I had met the Mastermind Roadshow and I'd interviewed them for the newspaper and taken photographs of them. And Max and Dave were, you know, friends. They were really cool people. And they were working on a pirate radio station called uh, Invicta and they said, why don't you come and do a radio show? So I did my first radio show at Invicta. I think I lasted about 40 minutes and the DTI banged on the door oh, and we had dear. to escape out of the window. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. So that was uh, that was my baptism of fire. So how long were you with Invicta? I wasn't with Invicta long. Um, the next radio station I joined was uh, LWR. I was uh, hired by a guy called Johnny Haywood and we used to broadcast from somebody's bedroom out in South London. I don't even, I can't even remember where it was. So that was that was LWR in its very early days, and then my then I went on to JFM, and they they were in a uh, garden shed in Shooters Hill, and and then my final pirate station was Kiss between 1986 uh, and 1990. So which decades is this covering then in terms of your pirate radio experience? So so my first pirate radio show is about 82 joined KISS in 86 and obviously we came off air in 89 so it's kind of you know my pirate radio years are kind of 82 to 89 really. Okay and then you moved on to work for some record companies. You've worked for several large record companies including A&M Records, Warner Music Group, doing A&R yeah, I mean, and marketing. The record companies the record companies were actually before KISS. I, I left Black Echoes in 83 and I joined WEA Records which was, you know, a, a major label comprising Warner Brothers, Elektra and Atlantic. And, and I, I did a year there and then I did two years at A&M Records and really fantastic companies, really interesting experiences and, and, I, and I learned a lot. 
So you were doing A&R and marketing. What do those activities actually involve? Well, I mean, it was my job to I sort of work with the artists that were signed to the label. So when I was at WEA, there was a, a guy signed to the label called Stan Campbell. And Stan Campbell was actually the lead singer on Free Nelson Mandela by the Specials. And WEA had signed him to a solo deal. And Stan was looking to make music for his debut album. So it was my job to hook him up with songwriters, producers, introduce him to whoever he wanted to meet, and, you know, help him in the making of his album. But it was also my job to kind of license hot tunes from America. Uh, and there were lots of fantastic songs coming out of America at that time on independent labels in New York. And uh, I signed uh, Twilight 22, Mysterious, and I signed a fantastic gospel a sort of modern gospel version of, of When the Saints Go Marching In by a girl called Jackie Verdell. They kind of made a, a, a great club version of that. So I was, I was signing things, I was signing sort of third-party things from New York. And then I did a similar kind of thing at, at A&M Records. You know, I, I was signing acts, uh, helping them make their music, and kind of doing, kind of doing product management as well. Uh, obviously, A&M Records have a lot of fantastic acts. Like, like Janet Jackson and Atlantic Star and Jeffrey Osborne. And so my, 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 jobs, my jobs were sort of so different day to day. I mean, one day they decided to release Secret Lovers as a, as a radio record. They wanted a, a radio edit. It was about five minutes long on the album. So I had to go in and create a radio edit of Secret Lovers so they could release it as a single and get it played on the radio. And the first chorus didn't actually come in for about a, from about minute 20, so I had to <laughs> bring the chorus forward. So that was, yeah, it was a really good experience, and that kind of version of Secret Lovers you hear on the radio is, is an edit that I did all those years ago. So you actually mix records as well? Well, I, I went into the studio as well and did some remixes. I mean, as, as a remixer, I was okay, but that's, that's not really my, my major skill. Well, you mentioned earlier um, your love of writing when you were growing up. Yeah, you've written several books, including Masters of the Airwaves, Rise and Rise of Underground Radio with Dave VJ. You've also written books about relationships. So I can understand you writing about music, which is an obvious choice for you. What inspired you to write books about relationships? Well, I mean, the, the, the book I wrote about relationships is called The Crap Husband's Guide to a Successful Marriage. <laughs> and the reason I wrote that is because I kind of just had an epiphany one day. I just kind of realized that I was a crap husband. And I just thought I'd write about my experiences, really. And it's been quite interesting. You know, the book has kind of provoked a lot of interesting response. I mean, one girl read the book and she said, oh my God, my husband is crap. You know, she, it, 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 reading the book kind of made her realize how terrible her husband was. And she actually got rid of him and, and she's now shacked up with somebody new. So that, that was good. And then another friend of mine was, was dating this guy and she said, you know what, I'm really ashamed, Lindsay, my, my boyfriend has never read a an adult book in his life. So she bought him a copy of the book and he read the copy, read the book, and soon after he proposed to her. 
<laughs> so that was great. You know, it, it, it had a positive uh, had a positive impact on, on on these two people's lives. But it was it was basically just about my experiences. You know, I think there are a lot of men who. I don't know. They're not really getting the best out of their relationships. They're not really getting the best out of their partners. And in essence, you know, the, the nub of the book is that women are much more giving than men, much, much more giving than men. And if you put a woman first, you know, those, those blessings will come back tenfold. I mean, women are already very giving, very nurturing, very forgiving. You kind of get that anyway, even if you're a, a complete idiot. But if you actually put her first and always put her first, her needs, her feelings, you know, you put everything first, then imagine, imagine what you get in return. I mean, I'm not saying you kind of put her first in order to get all of that in return. I'm not sort of saying that in a mercenary kind of way, but, but it's like, it's just, for me, it just seems logical to put women first, you know, put, put their needs, their, you know, what they, what they, their plans, what they want to do, let them let them run with it. It's just it's so much easier. I mean, not for a quiet life or anything, but it's like, why not? Why not let them have control? It's really. I mean, it's not a problem for me. I'm not. I don't need to control a woman. Why? Why not let her run things? You know, I'm 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 married to a highly intelligent woman, and very well. So you must have done a, quite a lot of um, self-reflection then. So how did you arrive at the conclusion that you had been a crap husband before? Well, I just, I wasn't really giving all of myself to, to my wife, really. I was kind of spreading myself a bit thinly. And I kind of realised I was just having too many good conversations with too many other people. It's like... You know, I'm not, I'm not sort of saying you should spend every minute of every day with your partner, but you should have your best conversations with your wife or your, your husband or your significant other. You should have your best, best conversations, your most important, your pivotal conversations. You know, I think I was kind of... I, I mean, the problem was, was that I was... Because of my, the nature of my work, I just knew so many people. I had so many friends, and I, w I was just spreading myself too thinly. And I wasn't really, you know, giving giving the giving my marriage the due care and attention it required. It's like you've got to have have your, your the most important conversations in your life. You, you must have them with your with your with your significant other. Well, I would agree with that. So, how many times have you been married then? Oh, only once. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've been been with my wife since 1986. Oh wow, that's a long-lasting marriage. Yeah, yeah, we 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 like each other. Well, it would appear so. You currently have a show on My Soul Radio. Besides your passion for black music, what other interests do you have? Uh, my other interests outside of music and outside of writing and outside of my family. I, I suppose I'm a, a real film buff. Uh, I watch a colossal amount of movies uh, and TV as well. I'm a huge TV fan. I mean, just recently, just recently, something really blew me away. I mean, it was it was the second season of uh, Ricky Gervais' Afterlife, and you know, it, it, you can't just dismiss it as a TV show. It's it's a it's a work of art. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. 
season one and season two, both amazing. And again, again, all about relationships, all about passion, all about love. Uh, so of, of particular interest to me. Well, funny enough, um, a friend of mine mentioned that series to me, actually, and they rated it really highly. One of my strengths and one of my weaknesses is uh, I'm, I'm a very emotional person. You know, I'm, I'm a very, I don't know, empathetic. I, I, I feel everybody's pain. It's, it's sometimes a good thing and sometimes a bad thing. And so, and so I'm quite an emotional person. And, you know, I've, I've watched Afterlife and I, I just, I cried from start to finish. I mean, I'm not ashamed to say that. I mean, it was so so beautiful and so sad but at the same time it, it was it was all about love you know it was all about this guy and he is struggling he's struggling to get over the death of his wife because he loved her so much and he keeps watching videos of her and it's just it's just wonderful i mean it is a love story but it, it will make you weep well i'll have to give that one a go most definitely so lindsay how can people contact you uh, I mean, I, all of my all of my socials are out there, really. I mean, I'm, I'm a, quite a social networking junkie, really. I mean, I've got a I've got a Facebook page, I've got a Twitter feed, I've got an Instagram page, uh, I've got a Tumblr page, I've got a LinkedIn profile, uh, and people can contact me at my soul as well. Okay, Lindsay. Well, thank you very much for your time. Much appreciated. Okay. Thank you, Nigel. Nice to speak to you. Oh, you too now. Take care. Thank you for listening. Please join me for another In Conversations podcast very soon for more interesting and entertaining discussions. Stay safe.